Have you ever been in a situation where it's just too much? The things people are asking of you, you can't do. You're not up to the challenge. You don't feel equipped enough to handle the big job in front of you. You have to say no, but you don't. You're still an imposter. You don't think you can pull it off, but you do. Let's talk about that. Debbie Kiley is next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Now, folks, we know all of our work, all of our jobs, all of the things that we swing our feet out of bed in the morning and put them on the floor for are important. But when you work for people, to help them help others, to help them impact their community, to help make their life better so that they can make the world better, that's important work. And it takes uh, it takes a lot of steel, it takes a lot of grit to accomplish that work. And we're going to talk about that today with our guest, Debbie Kiley, Director of Medina County Job and Family Services. Debbie, welcome to A Dash of Grit. Thank you, thank you, Brian. Really glad to have you on the show. I know that uh, that this work that you do, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, uh, is not only so important, it's also at times overwhelming. And am I doing enough? Am I accomplishing enough? Am I making a big enough impact in someone else's life to actually say that I'm showing up enough grit? And I know that we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And before we do, Debbie, brag a little bit. Tell me, before we talk about the hard times, What's great? Talk about some of the great things that are happening in your life right now with Medina Job and Family Services. Uh, tell us what's good. Okay. Well, um, I guess just a little bit about me. I've I've been with uh, Job and Family Services that that arena since 1993. So I've I've been in this line of work for what is um, going to be my 28th year coming in November. So I started as a clerk with Job and Family Services and advanced my way through uh, varying positions um, through mostly our public assistance division. That's where I, I cut my teeth as far as Job and Family is concerned. Um, I graduated Leadership Medina County uh, back in 2007. Uh, that was a that was a great opportunity, and I I loved my class. I had a I had a great class. There were some some pretty significant people in there. Our county administrator was was part. Part of that group. So it was just, it was a, it was a phenomenal experience and it just continues to help grow you as, as a business professional. Um, I did finally finish my undergrad degree in business administration. I did that in 2014. So if you do any sort of math, you can determine that I was not the traditional go to college right after high school. I didn't have really that quite that opportunity. Um, and so I, I had to go to work and get that kind of stuff um, in line, I guess, uh, right after right after high school. So I put myself through through college just a little bit at a time. And like I said, I graduated in 2014. I love Baldwin Wallace. It was a it was a great school to go to. Uh, in between that, I actually competed competitively, or I com- was competitively um, involved in showing horses through the American Quarter Horse Circuit. So I did that and and was was really successful with my. I went out on a bang. I couldn't have I couldn't have finished better. I had a really big, tall, what they call hunter on her saddle horse. He was big. He was gray. He was beautiful. Um, and we, we actually did quite well together as a team. We, we finished in the top 10 at one of the uh, world's largest single breed horse shows. Um, and then shortly after we did that, I, I, it was, it was time to, to hang my hat, both literally and figuratively speaking. And I, I, I finished that and sold him and I haven't shown since, and, and that's okay. Cause I went out 
just as I just as I would have dreamed to do. So um, I'm actually a regular at my CrossFit gym. I love my CrossFit gym. Um, I'm going to give them a plug. Route 18 here in Medina. They are my second family. Uh, and then I also do a decent amount of volunteering at Cleveland Animal Care and Control. Um, they have a decent amount of dogs in their care that are either abused, neglected, or abandoned. And how ironic that what I do is also dealing with abused and neglected children. So I think it is in my my soft heart to to provide for those less than. Um, I've actually fostered probably about 15 dogs in my five to six years volunteering with the kennel. Um, so I obviously like to stay busy. Uh, I'd like to think that all that busyness and all those experiences have they've added such value to my life in so many different ways. Um, and I, I believe they've given me not only a, a physical toughness, like from the gym and working at the kennel, you got to be pretty tough to work there, but also a significant amount of emotional toughness too, even though I like to joke that I'm, I'm really just a big softy. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does being a big softy at all get in the way? Because the work you do is tough. Talk about hard work. Yeah. Talk, in fact, tell me a little bit about that. The softy, because I know you a little bit, you're a really kind wonderful, nice person, but this is a tough job. Tell me a little bit about the job that you do now. Yeah, so the job is that the agency is what I would call, call fourfold. So we job and family services here in Medina and many job and family services in Ohio look differently than the other. So we're not cookie cutters. But for Medina County, we actually are, we have our public assistance division, think Medicaid cash assistance programs um, for, for those that are low income. And then we also have our child support and child support is, is somewhat unique in the name is that it's, it is child support for single parent families. We're pursuing support payments to support those children, but we also do some non-child support. So alimony payments that are being um, uh, court ordered, we will manage some of those payments too and funnel that, that those payments to and from whoever they're supposed to go. And then we also have our child protective and that is, that is, that is, the like I say, the elephant in the room. It is it is a it is a monster. Um, there are some significant abuse and neglect cases cases, and I think um, sometimes it's under the assumption that Medina, because Medina County, because it's it's a quaint county and it's fairly affluent. Um, I think sometimes people think that child abuse and neglect and dependency cases don't exist in Medina or our cases are really small, um, we, we see a decent amount of abuse and neglect and it, it can be indeed tough work. I, I see, I see it from 50,000 feet, if that's what you want to call it, maybe not even 50, maybe 10,000 feet. I am not the boots on the ground, but, but more often than not, when it comes to me, it's when stuff has really hit the fan and, and something might hit the newspaper or we need to put a child in some significant care. So that the workers that do all of them that do this work, um, you do have to have a level of emotional toughness to, to, like you said, uh, to start the podcast is put your, get out of bed and put your feet on the ground. It takes a, a lot to do that over and over and over again. And I want to, I want to talk about how you, built yourself up from the bootstraps up all the way up to, to, to where you are now. But I want to ask quickly in your job, where is the significant grit when you're dealing with kids and you're dealing with abuse and you're dealing with families and you're dealing with workers that are dealing with those things. I mean, it's gotta be hard. What's the hardest part of your day that you have to get through to, to be successful when you head home? There is, there's 106 
people, 106 employees and job and family. And I think it's, there's a lot of personalities and a lot of pressure and a lot of emotion that happens and, and that's coming in and out of my door. Sometimes there is someone who's coming in that's that's incredibly happy about something that has happened or someone who comes into my office and is incredibly tormented by something that has happened and they're and they're sharing the details with me and we're trying to walk through it. And I don't want to sound emotionless, but you do need to to be very um business-like about it. It's like these, I, I'm going to have to make some really tough decisions and I need to lift myself out of the emotion of it. And, and let's just get down to brass tacks. What do we need to do? How do we get this child safe? Where does he need to go? How much money are we going to spend? So it becomes very um, steely, if you will. And I, and, and I just, and I say that with, with a big heart too, because um, it's just some tough decisions that you have to make. And we, we've often joked that you have to have to a, a sense of emergency type room humor where where you need to be able to back away from that very serious situation and and go tell a joke not necessarily not about that situation but just be able to remove yourself from from those things and and why is that hard why is why is a black and white decision just do the facts get down to brass tacks make the right call why is that difficult wouldn't that just make it easier it, it, you are making a decision about somebody's life yeah. and you are, you are, you are hoping that your business sense and your sense about people and hope and, and doing the right thing at the right moment at the right time, because then the next emergency is right behind you or the next problem is right behind you. And so you, you, you hope that it's just like, I, I, I hope I am making the right decision in this, in this moment. And it can, you, you sometimes will walk out of here and, and think to yourself, I, I, I'm, I feel confident that that was right. But what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about uh, growing up and, and, and moving into this, this position that you're in now. I know you've done a lot of different things and I know you've overcome a lot of hurdles along the way. I have a feeling most of those hurdles have brought you to this spot where you do have the grit to make these important and, and tough calls. So tell me a little bit about the past and, and some of the hurdles that you've overcome and places that you've shown grit uh, to help become who you are today. No, sure. Uh, well, and when, when you, when you brought some of these questions to me to kind of preview and things like that, I, I remembered that in 2018, I was promoted to be the administrator of the public assistance division. So that's about 46 staff members um, and millions of dollars of public assistance. So you, you you look at some spreadsheets and you see dollar signs with a lot of commas. And it's like, wow, there's, we, we manage a lot of money in this, in this business. Um, so it was a big job. But what I didn't realize was the, the current director, uh, he was, he was watching closely my ability to manage just that team, that team of 40 some odd people. Um, then in April of 2020, uh, he let me know he was leaving uh, to to take on a directorship elsewhere. And he asked me if I would uh, take over as director. And he was going to make that recommendation to the commissioners, but wanted to, to basically run it by me and see what I thought. Um, and it's April of 2020. Oh boy. Right? 
So we're, we're two-ish months into a global pandemic. Um, Almost like the beginning of the pandemic. It was just yeah. really taking charge. Yep. Yeah, I think we had just sent people home. I think it was March 23rd. So um, bars I think bars and restaurants had shut down just the day before, I think, St. Patrick's Day. So you're just like watching all this unravel. And I'm sh- I think anyone that tells their story of 2020, they can't not mention that pandemic. Um, so... So I'm I'm looking at him like I I just organized sending nearly my entire public assistance division to work from home like we changed our business model like that, and and now he's he's suggesting that I that I take on managing 106 people in a in a pandemic. Um, How did that make you feel at that moment when he wants you to do it? What were you thinking? I'll be honest. I looked at him. I said, "Are you sure? Are yeah. you sure I can do it?" I've I've been in public assistance. I'm t- just what I w- was talking about with all the child protective stuff. I hadn't been in, I had known about child protective, but I hadn't been in it before. And I was just like, his name was Jeff. And I'm like, Jeff, are you sure? Are you sure I can, I can, I'm, I'm the one that can do that. Um, and Jeff is. What did you think? Debbie, what did you think at that time when you were asking him whether he thought, and of course he did, because that's why he asked you, what, right. were, you, what were you thinking? Did you think you could do it or did you have some misgivings? Oh, of course I had some misgivings. Yeah. Self, self doubt can, can creep in. Um, and, and I, and I wasn't sure I could do it. And I'm sure part of why is because I, 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 one, one, um, one of my supervisors at shortly after I took the directorship, she joked, but she was also very insightful, very intuitive on her end. She said, Debbie, it must suck not knowing everything anymore because mm-hmm. I, I knew public assistance so well. I was, I was the go-to like people from the state would come and ask me questions about, or they would ask me to be on committees and things like that. Just because I knew that I knew it, it was my, it was my breath. You know, I probably knew it better than my middle name. So when she said that to me about, wow, it must suck not knowing everything anymore. I was like, you know what? You're right. I because I don't, and I'm 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 making decisions, and I I'll tell you what the the directors association in Ohio did a fabulous job of of not just me but any new directors they surround you they absolutely surround you with with themselves with expertise with support systems so that was that was a huge blessing to to have that in kind of like in my in my back pocket to turn to during that time so um, yeah there was there, there was. Some of the other self-doubt is that, and I've shared this a little bit with you already, Brian, but um, during during not only a pandemic, and now I've been asked to, to run an entire agency, um, I, am, I am being presented and going through some significant personal experiences. Um, I am, I was at the time, uh, it was a pending divorce I was going through, and I was about to sell my home that I had been in for over a decade. And so I knew I would be moving. Um, and, and those things alone are a pretty stressful experience for um, someone to go through. In addition to me being asked to step out of my comfort zone professionally, but I didn't want to not do that. I didn't want to be so afraid to not, not advance myself professionally because of what was happening personally. And I, and I told myself, you can do this, Debbie, you, you can do this. You, you're, you're probably going to trip a couple of times, but you know, a lot of people, you know how to find answers. If you, if you don't know the answer, you know where to go get it. Um, so, so outside of that self doubt, you know, I, I was trying to dig deep and, and 
you know, tell myself you can do this. And I'm wondering, did, and you did do it. And so do you think that your personal issues uh, that were significant helped you be an administrator, an excellent administrator without experience, which was tough enough? Or do you think being in this position without all the answers helped your personal situation grow? Which one helped the other the most? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I'm going to say, I think it probably helped me more personally um, that it was, I mean, there's still days I walk into this building and I'm like, I can't believe I run this place. I can't, I'm, I'm just with all humility. I can't believe I've been honored and blessed to be able to, to sit in this corner office. Um, it's still very surreal to me and it'll be a year in July. Um, but I, I think it helped me gain um, confidence and, and, a different view of myself personally, certainly professionally too. I have met just within the community. I have met some um, amazing other public officials that I'm now working closely with that I didn't before. And it's been great to get to know them. Um, so, so I don't want to minimize the professional aspect, but I think like you're asking is that I had to weigh the two. Yeah. I think, I think personally it, it gave me a bit more chutzpah and I'll, I'll tell you what it made me, it made me more prayerful too, because going, going through this and deciding, you know, do I'm going to, I'm interim director right now. And so I'm, I'm getting a taste of it so that my, the commissioners can decide, does she even want it? Um, and then I also had to interview, but, but I, to say that I didn't have some sleepless nights and, and a lot of conversations with God about, is this what you want me to do? You have put this in front of me and for what reason? Do, do, do you just want me to experience it and then say no? Or do you want me to experience and say yes? So I actually, um, I, I often say that when, during this time, during this decision-making and, and going through all of this is that I would pray for what I call red lights and green lights. And I would, I would just ask him, I'm going to get up today. I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do what I think I'm supposed to do. And as I move God, um, if I'm not supposed to go in that direction, make it a green, make it a red light, but stop me, stop me dead in my tracks. Don't let me move. Don't let me go forward. Um, but conversely, if I'm, if I'm moving where you want me to go, then illuminate that path in green, you know, make this it might green. be a tough question, but can you give me an example of one of those red lights? Hmm. That's a great question. Maybe it didn't show up. Sometimes when we listen to God, he just, he opens the door and away we go. But yeah. I'm wondering if there were ever any false starts, anything, any any uh, things that you wish you had back. Remember, I'm hearing this, that that you're in this imposter syndrome type of place where you're just not sure you can handle it all and you're making these important decisions. I have to assume one of them was wrong and, and that you had, you know, are there any decisions you'd like to have back that maybe that was a red light that we missed? Hmm. Wow, that's deep. Um <laughs> That's why I get the big bucks for this. Day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you get to stump your your guests. I'm I'm sure there have been some some moments professionally, and and I I won't be able to go into details about them because they're somewhat case specific. But it was big enough where I was like, I don't think I want to do this. Mm. This I don't think I want to do this. This is this is scary. Um, but then 
So maybe maybe it wasn't that that moment was scary and maybe that didn't turn into a green light, but something else did that mm-hmm. made me go, oh, okay, you can you can do this. You can do this. You I I am um pretty self-deprecating. So when I feel like I haven't done something well, I'm 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 upset with myself. I'm like, I, I should have done better, I should have done that better, I should have known better, I should have done this, even if it's something very small. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm interested in this, and that this is the question that's been put on. I didn't know why this question kept coming up. Your 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 uh, your CrossFit experience. Did CrossFit and look at you smile? See, that's that's your thing. Is, did did CrossFit come during personal and prior to uh, this new job where you're kind of in this fake it till you make it place, or mm-hmm. did it like how how important has that CrossFit been to developing the grit that and the success that you've had since you overtake since you've taken on these challenges? Oh, that's a great question. And that's one I can answer. You didn't stop me with that one. Gotcha. I gave you an easy one there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have been with my CrossFit gym for over eight years. Okay. And a lot of that time before this, this, the personal struggles started to happen and then being appointed to director, I was, I was casual. You know, I would go two times a week, sometimes three times a week. Um, but I, I was committed to it because I liked it, but I didn't, my commitment was weak, um, but I will tell you, as those circumstances started to pop up, um, those painful circumstances, it was the the more I got to my gym and the more physically strong I felt and got, I wanted to be more committed to that gym. And so I was going more often. I was staying in a routine. I was getting physically stronger, which started to make me feel emotionally stronger. And yeah, I've, I've got this. And I started to develop even more relationships at my gym with amazingly powerful people, both physically and emotionally, and also super supportive people. It was it was to an escape. Like I could I could go there and for one hour, nothing else existed. You know, I'm, I'm working so hard and breathing so hard that I can't possibly think about anything else other than finishing this workout. And it, it has been an absolute blessing. I do a decent amount of journaling. Um, and, and often when I look back in my journal notes, I have said just one statement, my gym has been a blessing to me. My gym has been a blessing to me. Yeah. And, and do you think, do you set small, like I know CrossFit, it's not, you, you don't just show up and move a couple of weights. I mean, it's specific programs that you have to accomplish within a certain amount of time. It's very goal oriented. Those individual goals that helps you accomplish the big picture stuff, doesn't it? Just being able to be successful once a day makes the big picture doable, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and at that gym, when you, when you don't do well, whether, whether you, really didn't do well, or you just feel like you didn't do well, you have people supporting you. You have people telling you, even if they, even if they notice, it's like, yeah, you dropped that weight like five times. You know, that was, that was, that was awful, but you know what? You did it. You showed up, you walked through the door. They have a doormat there that says, I think um, this is the hardest step, meaning getting in the door. First one. Yep. And so as we talk about steps, and it's a perfect segue into my next question, and I, and I think I know what you're going to say here, but I'm going to let you say it anyway, is that the future is, is here. And, and I think every day, knowing you even better now, uh, each day needs to be better than the, ne- the last one. 
that you're trying to always improve yourself so that you can help others improve themselves. And so I'm wondering as the future moves on, you've had, you've got a year under your belt. Um, you're a year further away from some of those personal, uh, uh, circumstances. What's the future look like? What are the hurdles in front of you now that, that you can see that you almost can't wait to overcome to be more and more successful in your position? Yeah. So it's, um, I'm in that place right now where, I, the future is weird. I am, um, newly single. So it's like, what does that mean for me? Um, I don't, I don't have any children and that's okay, but what does that mean for me? Um, and, and I'm still professionally, even though it's a year in anyone that's in the job and family services directorship, when I talk to them about when will I feel like I know what I'm doing, they're like, Debbie, it's two or three years. So it's, that's frustrating to me because I like to do well right away, but it's um, it also helps me understand like, okay, I have a year under my belt. I am still drinking through a fire hose right now with all the information that's, that's coming at me, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to drink as much as I can out of that fire hose and, and put, put plans together. I take a ton of notes and they're all kind of like flying around right now, but I'm working with my, my management team here at job and family to, to, to just even put a little pin in the map and say, this is, this is, maybe we can try and start to go in this direction. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do a little more of that. And I have some of those goals, but a lot of times when I when I'm writing those goals down, and then I learn more, it's almost like a reverse funnel. The the, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Um, so it's sometimes I'm I'm taking the pin out of that map, saying no. Now that I know more, that's really not the direction we need to be going. So I'm I'm trying to be patient with that you're, you're just in a weird place right now, Debbie. And that's absolutely okay. Because I feel like if I, if I honor that weirdness, um, I won't spend so much time worrying about it. And then I can just focus on learning and connecting with staff and, and hopefully moving the agency forward to do better things in the community and for the community. I think one of the greatest things that, that leaders, business leaders, organization leaders can do is count on others to help them because the, the work you do is way too hard and, it, and, it, and it's almost never done well. There's always an emergency. There's always a fire to put out. You're constantly scrambling and, and your vulnerability um, that you're sharing now, your openness and, and your willingness to say, look, I don't know it. I count on everyone to help me. I'm just trying to get to the next day. And yet you're doing great work. Um, is inspiring. I know it's inspiring to those that are listening and watching now, and I really appreciate your sharing the story. If if someone out there uh, wanted to get in touch with you for whatever reason, you inspired them in in some way about animals or horses or CrossFit or uh, all the things that you've accomplished. And and when you say Debbie that that it's been hard, just look back at what you've done. Uh, but when when someone wants to reach out to you and talk about any of those things, how would you ask them to get in touch with you? Uh, they could certainly email me um, to the Job and Family Services email address. So it would be my uh, first name, Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, and then it's dot Kylie, K-I-L-E-Y, at J-F-S dot Ohio dot gov. They could also contact the agency. Sorry to interrupt you, Brian. Um, the the Just the main phone number, um, you'll get our call center representatives, and you can ask to talk to Debbie Kylie. That number is 330-722-9300. Wonderful. You've been so inspiring. Debbie, thank you for being a guest. A quick shout out before I let you go for, uh, for Spire. Uh, that's my company and, and we do marketing. And sometimes you know, your, your, your story is inspiring to me too, because sometimes we think we know it all. 
And yet we really don't know anything. And sometimes we try to do everything ourselves and we keep hitting those walls. Um, if your company is in that situation, Spire Marketing is the kind of a company that will come alongside, try to figure out what those hurdles are in front of you and help you across them. Sometimes it's just impossible to do it on your own. And, and uh, so if that kind of uh, service sounds interesting, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, you can reach us at spiread.com um, and, uh, or on LinkedIn. I'm there too. So I am Brian Lefelock, Director of Sales at Spire. And thank you again for being so open and sharing a very human um, side of, uh, of a lot of grit. You don't second guess the amount of grit that you shared. And I really do appreciate it, Debbie. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. Debbie Kiley, Director of Medina County Job and Family Services. This is Dash of Grit. We do it once a week and you can find it wherever you find podcasts. We'll be here again next week. Until then, win the day, stay gritty. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.